When was the last time that you actively went out to meet a stranger? To expand your perspective, to truly listen to and engage with other people. That's exactly what I talked to about this week with my guest, Alex Waters, who set himself the challenge of having 100 coffees with 100 strangers throughout the year of 2020. Alex talks and shares about his journey throughout the challenge. He talks about how it brought a new sense of humility to him, how he learned to receive feedback, how he really zoned in on his own listening and talked about the importance of human connection, as well as just undertaking a challenge for no other reason than you feel called to. Alex gets really raw and candid in this, which makes it a fantastic conversation, but he's also fun and engaging too. And hopefully, hopefully, it might just inspire you to go out and meet strangers and expand your own perspective. So enjoy, Alex. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Today, I have the great pleasure of welcoming Alex Waters. Alex, welcome to the show. Good morning. So we're going to talk to each other about meeting people. <laughs> yeah. And um, your little project, which was 100 Coffees. Mm -hmm. So tell me about, at a high level, for those who don't know, because I was one of the 100 Coffees, and yeah. we'll come to that later, what was 100 Coffees? Yeah, 100 Coffees was a challenge I set myself uh, at the, the back end of 2019 to meet uh, 100 strangers or to have 100 coffees with 100 strangers. Yes. Um, and the reason why I challenged myself to do that was that, um, you know, I'd, we're both in Perth and uh, I'd been really living out of Perth. I, I grew up here, but I'd been out of Perth since I was 21. Yeah. Um, and I'm now 30. So you know, majority of my 20s away away from Perth, came back here, was living here, um, realized I just didn't really know anyone, you know, had yes. business interests based elsewhere, so we wasn't even really doing business here. And <clears throat> the idea or the thought of sort of going to networking events where, you know, people <laughs> are throwing business cards at each other as quickly as they can and yeah. <clears throat> you never really talk to them and people just pitching their business at you Yeah, um, didn't interest me. I, I was at a stage where I wanted to meet and connect with people. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of important, isn't it? That connect part. Yeah. Because you go to a networking event and come home with 20 business cards and have 20 good conversations. Exactly. But are they then going to lead anything in terms of a real human connection. Yeah, and that was my objective. It was human yeah. connection or friendship or mm. whatever it wasn't. Oh, I want to grow, I want to do this so I can grow my network and then build my business. Yes. Or so that I can do this and, you know, grow a personal brand. It was, it was nothing like that. It was just, yes. I just wanted to, to meet more people and, yes. and, and connect with them. Uh, and that's what I really liked about it when, so it was Beth Ann Wynn yes. who connected us to come and have a coffee together. Yeah. Um, so we were, I, we were general strangers before we met. But when she first told me about it, that's one of the things that I was really drawn to because I guess for me, a lot of people think that this podcast is like the front end of a business. Yeah. Or this, that and the other. And, it, and a lot of people are surprised to realize it's not. Yeah. And when I did a recent podcast with Nick Hayes at, at, at Media Stable and I said to him, I don't make any money out of doing this. I think I've had a crystal, a loaf of bread, a pair of socks, <laughs> invited to a few, but I have a network of people. I have a whole lot of new friends. Um, my perspective has just gone 
with my expansion. So, yeah, was that similar for you at the start? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, to give people a bit of a backstory of me, I, I had been back in Perth for about 18 months, two years when I set the challenge, but, you know, one of those years, when I, when I say back, I'd maintained a residence here, but yes. I'd been traveling the world and then the next year I sort of had a baby and, you know, was in a, a yeah. relationship and that relationship broke down and, you know, I kind of found myself in this place of, um, what the fuck do I do now? Yes. Like every, I thought I had everything I ever wanted. Yes. I don't have that anymore. Yeah. I'm actually really lost. Like I don't really yeah. know what, what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. <clears throat> and I kind of had the luxury of, of not really having to work. Um, you know, at that time. And so that's, that's what, yeah. you know, I was just like, wow, you know, I'd love to have more friends. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's at those moments, because um, I didn't quite twig that with you, but yeah. I myself having a, you know, a 12 year relationship breakdown um, here in Perth, all my friends were made through my daughter's mother who mm -hmm. had the network, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden I realized, I don't have any friends. I don't have any family. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was a day of signing who my next of kin was on the document and putting my dad yeah. down yeah. with a UK phone number. And they went, no, no, we need someone in Australia. And I was like, I'm snookered here. So that's when you think, right, I've got to actually do something. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so where did the actual I, I don't know if genesis was, of the idea? Yeah, well, I don't know if mine was that drastic, but I yeah. do recall having to do something <laughs> like that. And mine was like, you know, someone in a different state or, or a friend, like one of my best friends who I've grown up with. But um, the, the idea came from, uh, funnily enough, through my, my ex. Um, and so it, it's not an original idea. And, no. and after I started, I actually you know, Googled it and there's this guy who has sort of done a TED talk on his own journey with that as well um, over in Victoria. But I, I had just, um, uh, when we were together, we, we met someone who came around to our house and, and uh, she knew her because um, she'd had a coffee with um, her boyfriend and he had been yeah. doing 100 coffees right. years ago. Right, And so the idea had kind of been sitting there for me um, for a couple of years yes. and um, it just popped back into my head at this point and I was like, I'll just, I'll just challenge myself to have a hundred coffees with a hundred strangers. Yeah. And like, was it one of those things that just like, yeah, just kind that's of, me, I've exactly. got to do this. Yeah. It just dropped in and I made a social media post about it that day and uh on, uh, I was on TikTok at the time, so I did a TikTok, and I, which is funny. You youngster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have it on anymore, but um, and I posted it on LinkedIn and Instagram, and asked, you know, for friends to recommend anyone who I might not know to yes. me, and and it just spread from there. A couple of people yeah. reached out on LinkedIn, um, and then I posted each coffee that I had, and you know, more people would comment, and I'd reach out to them. Yeah, it starts getting a life of its own. Exactly. So, um, what was it like with the first couple of coffees? Nerve wracking, um, exciting. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was nervous um, and excited about it. Um, 
you know, I actually the first coffee was a guy named Miles and he um, coincidentally had just reached out to me on LinkedIn randomly that day before I'd posted anything um, because he'd wanted to connect with some entrepreneurs in Perth and he was a, a student at, um, I think, Curtin Uni. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and I was like, great, I have just set this challenge for myself. You're going to yeah. be my first coffee. Yeah. That works for me, works for you. You know, can we catch up this weekend? And, and we yeah. did it at Yellow Cafe and Trick. Um, I was, I think I was really surprised uh, at how seamless it was. Yes. At like just two strangers just catching up. And um, by the end of it, it felt like, you know, we'd gotten to know each other somewhat and that there was actually a real, you know, a real connection there as well. Yes. So, um, yeah. And uh, I think uh, I think within my first twenty, there was one or two that were probably one that was more like someone wanted to have a coffee with me, and they kind of pitched me, right, uh, on their business. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I learned how to kind of spot those. Um, yes. But yeah, I'd set myself a few rules. Um, there had to be a stranger. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, it had to be a stranger. Um, I couldn't say no if someone reached out and asked yeah. me for a coffee. I had to put aside my bias um, to, uh, you know, connect with anyone. So it wasn't, you know, this kind of like, oh, let's see how many important people I can have yeah. coffee with. It was like, you know, just anyone who yeah. sort of comes, come, pops up in my sphere. Yeah. Um, and I always attempted to to start by listening because people would always ask me about me but i would i would you know the whole i didn't want to sit there and talk about myself no <laughs> for 100 hours or 100 coffees 100 times doing yeah. the introduction already. yeah Just, exactly yeah, yeah yeah so that, those are kind of my rules and and um yeah just flowed on from there hmm. so i guess one of the things so I, I'm quite drawn to what's called meta-analysis where, so whenever I have someone who's, who's, who's met a lot of people or coached a lot of people or worked with a lot of people or done a lot of things, I like to ask what they see across, mm. not just individually. So I guess, let's start outside. What did you learn about other people in, generally, in general from doing this? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, I, I was reflecting on this and, you know, in some ways, as much as I met a hundred different people, I kind of met the same sort of people in a, in a loose way. Yes. Because people who say yes to something um, generally have similar characteristics in the way that they mm. might be approaching life. Um, and I think that that was what a lot of it was that they either said yes to me randomly messaging them on LinkedIn because they were a connection of a connection or, yeah. or they reached out to me after I put up a post saying, Hey, would you, you know, if anyone mm. else wants to have a coffee or someone recommended them like yeah. in our case. Um, so I noticed that, uh, those people generally tend to have a positive outlook on life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and tended to have a level of humility about them, um, mm. which was, I'm going to go and meet a complete stranger and just connect. Yes. Um, and 
Yeah, I think just generally, you know, more open to opportunities or mm. um, the possibility of of the unknown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you find that? Okay, I, I like your almost caveat that most people will say yes. Did you find it almost really somewhat reassuring in human spirit that we're a lot more similar than we think? Yeah, I think there's a lot. Yeah, it, it was one of those things of like, oh, we, we do so much unconsciously to separate ourselves and but actually we are mm. we're all the same at the mm. root the root of it all mm. and um you know I, I i had these moments with with some coffees actually there's one in particular that stands out um <clears throat> and she was a an older lady like maybe you know older is the wrong word but yeah i still in my, sure. in my mind i'm still like 21 right yeah 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 um, i forget that i'm 30 and then sometimes i look <laughs> around um at other 30 year olds and i'm like oh my you're way older than me but i forget yeah. how i look so anyway um she's probably maybe 60 um, yeah yeah you know and uh she reached out to me after i you know posted about it on linkedin um and it was maybe around you know the midway mark uh and i remember going to it and thinking oh, fuck, what are we going to have in common like yes you know how's this really going to go is this going to be a a hard coffee to get through or yeah. something like that. And it ended up being one of the best ones I'd had. Yes. Um, you know, I just think like the ability to relate to someone else doesn't mean you have to have had the same experience as them or anything like that. And mm. it, the differences in our life experiences and perspectives actually made it so much more interesting. But um, we did see a lot of the things the same way and um, shared a lot of the, mm. you know, the same values and mm. she was just incredibly lighthearted and funny. And I just sat there laughing the whole time. Like it, yeah. was, a, it was a really great conversation. Mm. Um, and that, that helped me throw a lot. Of, like, I think I already had been working on this unconsciously, but at that point I was like, oh, you have so many biases controlling <laughs> your, your decisions. Yes. And most of the time they're bullshit. Yeah. So well, that takes me to my next question. What did you learn about yourself during this? How did you, how did you change and morph during it? Yeah. Because I just know, I just know from all the conversations I've had doing this that I'm always different at the end of a conversation, let alone 10 yep. or a hundred. So yeah, I look, um, I know you've, you've recorded, uh, some interviews with, um, you know, about narcissism and stuff yeah. like that. And I, and I actually think I had a number of like narcissistic traits, probably more, pro I probably still do, but like right. more prominent back then than, than I do now. Um, like my pattern in life has been to um, alienate myself from people. Right. Um, because uh as a, as a child, I didn't feel loved or accepted. Mm -hmm. And so it's to alienate myself from people so that I don't have to deal with that question of whether they do love so me or accept me. So you're not loved and you don't yeah. have to worry about being accepted. And 
and it's not necessarily conscious. Like as an adult, I'm not like, oh fuck, I'm just gonna push everyone away. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. You know, I don't wanna have to deal with this. But it's just an unconscious thing that plays out. And by the time you, you know it, you're like, oh fuck, you know, but that's, that's how I feel like at 20. I've done it again. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. like at 28, you know, 29, I think, which is when I started this. Um, you know, I, I really didn't have a, a great circle of friends around me. Um, I had some interstate and, and that thing, but not, not heaps. Yeah. It's like, you know, you think kind of after that time, you would have collected at least some, yes, some friendships along the way. And so, yeah. so for me, um, I was really challenging myself to go outside my comfort zone. Yeah. And I think that would be surprising for, for people who have known me for a longer period of time. Right. Because I've, I'm an entrepreneur. I've owned several businesses. I used to auction, um, you know, property in front of people as a real estate agent. I've done huge charity auctions in front of big audiences. So yeah. I've never been afraid to put myself out there in that way. But mm. when it comes to connecting and being open and right. what feels like vulnerable. So it's easy to play the role and do the thing. Exactly. Than be Alex. Yeah, especially because the purpose of playing the role and do the thing was so that I could be more accepted. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Funny yeah. how our minds work, but isn't it? Um, or subconsciousness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that was it. Was really me putting myself outside my comfort zone, and uh, I, I, I think I really developed a level of humility throughout the process. Mm. Um, because I had to override so many of my defaults, mm. uh, which would be to talk about me because it's more comfortable or talk, to talk about a projected version of me. Yes. Um, then actually sit there and allow someone to ask questions about me and answer honestly. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and like I said about my biases, um, I really think I had this um, hierarchy of... Uh, how I viewed people and where they sat on my level of importance. Mm. So it's um, like your judgment hierarchy. Yeah, it's a judgment yeah, hierarchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was incredibly, I was judgmental, but not in a overt like. Yeah. Oh, you're wearing a blue shirt. You look at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's not how I would do it. No. I was doing this and that. Yeah. Not like in that way, but yeah, judgmental as in, well, who deserves my time? Right. You know. Uh, heading yeah. into it and and obviously that was one of the reasons I set the rule up which was you know I can't say no to anyone if they ask me to have a coffee with them and whoever presents themselves I will have coffee with yes um, so it completely obliterated all of that because mm. as I said you know one of the the single coffee I was judging the most uh, was probably one of my best and um, to go through something like that is humbling. Yeah. You know, it's humbling for your it ego and off, for yourself. It? it takes what? It takes edges off you. It does. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, you know, for me, it was kind of like, fuck, I have, fuck, why have I been doing this to myself all my life? You know? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, to fast forward a bit, obviously I threw a party at the end. And, yes. Um, that was great. And I did get emotional um, yeah. speaking because I was like, I didn't expect for this to be how it's turned out. Yeah. And it's helped me change so much about myself. And generally, I'm a more happy person because of it. Yeah. Um, You're more settled within yourself? Yeah. Yeah. More settled, more grounded. Um, you know, there's been a lot of other things go on that have contributed to that. But yeah. this has kind of been this, this journey that's sort of taken me there and started me there. So I think 
um, something that just came up, something I've been thinking about for a while, but something that really came up strongly when I was listening to you there is, you know, we, we grow up and we might have brothers and sisters and stuff like that, and then we go to school and we're, we're, we're sort of constantly in this close environment. And, and school can be pretty brutal, you know, when you're all out on the playground, if, if I think you're a dick, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, you get punched or, or something like that, depending on the sort of school you go to. But you, you get a lot of feedback and it's, and it's direct and it's real. Um, and it's people's visceral response and stuff like that. You get a lot of that feedback. And then as we go out into the adult world, particularly now in a very politically correct world, we get less and less and less of that. Mm. So that then, in a strange kind of way, this is how I view, visualize it, that in a strange kind of way, then means that we end up going on this very isolated, lonely path where even those closest to you won't tell you things because they don't want yeah. to upset you or they don't want to be in, a, in an awkward situation or they don't want to say it because, you know, let's just arbitrarily say, you know, you, you're, you see someone putting on weight, but you don't want to say anything because that triggers the fact that you've got to recognise that you're putting on weight and you don't want to think about that yourself. So there's all this sort of stuff going on, right, which, and, and I almost call them not conflict but collisions, just people doing that um, and we have we, we grow up in such a rich environment to that and then it doesn't really happen and so you know, as we become adults you know we start to develop views on the world and how we do the world and how we make sense of the world and sense of our own sense etc etc it's not until you active actively put yourself out there do you do you continue that process of refining and developing yeah that you know Hanging out with your comfortable mates talking about the same shit is not going to do that. Yeah, it's great. It's like putting on the comfiest T-shirt when you really need it. And that has its place. But there's also a place of putting yourself into the... I now look at it in terms of put yourself into the furnace of do my ideas really stack up mm. against, you know, the onslaught of other people's ideas and, yeah. and, and rubbing against it. And so, as you were saying... Some of your biases and your judgment hierarchy and stuff like that's all getting that's getting real-time direct feedback mm -hmm. like you're sitting there judging the shit out of someone before you turn up and then you sit there and you go this is a fucking awesome conversation mm. and and i get it all the time with the podcast even now i'll be like oh see where this conversation goes like sometimes um it's usually after i've had a epic conversation with someone in the week before and then the next week it's like Will that live up to the expectation of last week? So this one's good because you've had a yeah. bit of a break over Christmas. <laughs> They're all good. Yeah. <laughs> but it, because it, as I was going to say, once you get actually into the conversation, you realise they're all good. Yeah. They all have their place. They're all serving you. And it's not necessarily the way you mentally want it to. Yeah. It's where you need it in a bigger, bigger way that's bigger than just how your mind can see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we constantly go about our, typically go about our life, <clears throat> if we're not aware, controlling everything around us and our environment and our hmm. circumstances. And hmm. if you put that into a project like um, 100 Coffees or a podcast, you end up controlling the narrative of the interview or hmm. um, you know, trying to control the way that the conversation might go by 
starting first and then asking all the questions and then you know mm. what i mean yeah um, it's the same as at a networking event people controlling their projection oh of, of who they are so what do you do what's your name oh great and what about this 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 and yeah. this? oh great here's my business card off you go and you don't ever actually have to deal with that feedback either by doing that mm. um so i think yeah i think it's uh you've got to be at a crossroads where you're open to it um as well as uh, probably open to it seeking it and and um and then put yourself out there as well right yeah you, you can put yourself out there and you just won't get it because people won't tell you or you're not exactly. open to it. You say, yeah. fuck people's opinions, you know. Another question I thought to ask you is, what did those closest around you notice about you as you went through this? Um, well, man, I mean, since I started the 100 Coffees, um, like, I had... I had just had my life obliterated. Like, n- not only <laughs> yeah. did I go through the the um, the breakup, and you know, t- then dealing with not having access to, uh, I was say that again, um, dealing with not seeing my son full time. Yeah, because I did still have access to him. Um, you know, he was only three months at the time. I'd just broken my femur, my right femur. Wow. <laughs> um, so it's like it was like honestly, life just came and wanted to crush me for a little bit. Yeah. Um, to humble me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it has been a big journey the last 18 months of my life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was really finding myself again and who I am mm-hmm. and connecting with that. Um, and, you know, a lot of that involves, uh, my, has involved my work with psychedelic medicine and, mm-hmm. and things like that that I've, I've used, which is MDMA, psilocybin, mescaline. DMT, 5-MeO, DMT, all, all, all different sorts. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, I, I got a message from one of my best friends, uh, Morgan, who I grew up with. He's, you know, my oldest friend. I've known him since mm. I was 10. Got a message for, from him on Christmas or around New, New Year, and he said um, something along the lines of, um, you know, this year has been a, a huge year of growth for you, um, you know, you were always enough. You were always um, loved and accepted um, as you are. But for you to consciously realize that yes. and be living from that place is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, you know, congratulations on a great year or something like wow. that. So to answer your did question. that bring a tear to the eye? <laughs> yeah, it did, for sure. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing actually means the most to me. Um, yeah. you know, talking about Christmas and giving it's, it's that those sort of heartfelt interactions, um, that, that really are the biggest gift for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what people around me closest mm. have said, said to me, um, you know, but there isn't actually a lot of people like him in my life that I've known for a long period of time. There's, I've got a lot of friends that I've known for kind of a couple of years now, Yes, but that's because uh, at the start of the 100 Coffees, I was making a conscious decision yeah. to... It's almost like blank slate. It was, you know. Yeah. A lot of my friends, now my closest friends, I've only known since, say, July last year, mm. uh, July 2019, and I started the 100 Coffees in October. So it was kind of a real big shift for me in my life mm. um, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Another interesting thing that brought up is that 
we can often we can often go on this journey of when we do have the call to find more about ourselves um there's of there's often a big part which is i've got to go within to find out who i am and you know um psychedelics are a great instrument for that because they'll take you to a place and and you know there's the walking on the beach by yourself and the journaling and all, all of those great stuff but again you end up being an island of one yeah i think the great thing about what you've done is you've done that work but also this work of but i am also a person that sits in amongst the sea of many mm. you know i'm not just an island of one a sea of many and i'm going to go out and swim in that and then see what that has to do yeah yeah i think so uh Makes it more balanced. Well, I think you have to have a combination of both because especially for someone whose pattern has been mm. to alienate themselves, yes. you know, and, and reinforce in, your, in my own mind that what I'm doing is, is good and okay. But yeah. I think it comes down, for me, it comes down to what do I want in my life? Mm. And that, that is the first question I start with. And for me, it was, I want to have more friends. I want, yeah. I want to have... A loving relationship where it's not toxic and I'm not toxic in it. Yes. Um, you know, I want to. Yeah. Uh, I want to experience all of these things. I want to be a great friend to other people. Yeah. And um, so that that caused me to have to get feedback from other people. Yeah. Because other people are the only measure of that. <laughs> they know? are. Right? And, and then there's still a game of we. You've got to choose who you're getting feedback from and understand their perception and the place that yeah, they're yeah. giving it from and and sort of mesh it in with your own understanding of yourself and whether you fully take it on. Mm. Because if you did one or the other completely, which is, you know, you're just living by other people's feedback and opinions. Yes. You become someone who is not you. Yes. So. But there are those days when certain feedback turns up. I don't know if you find this, certain feedback turns up and it's almost like someone's taken the cleanest, sharpest knife and just gone zoom straight in here and you're like, oh, so painful to yeah. take on board <laughs> and yeah. i've got to just sit with that for a while yeah yeah i had, I had that yesterday <laughs> yeah yeah you know um when someone delivers words that resonate so deeply with your mind yeah. and your soul you can't you can't ignore it yeah and that's that's hard yeah, yeah. it's actually quite a skill to take on board feedback mm. it's so easy to be defensive and and you know deny or nullify or debase other people's you know what was he know he's a dick you know look at the color of his shoes fucking what yeah you know you know discredit somebody so you don't have to listen to what they say there's always a grain of truth in there somewhere even if you really discredit the person yeah i think uh the key is, you know, if you're open to feedback and you want it, is to set set up the environment in such a way that people feel comfortable giving it as well. Because as you said, most people won't give it because they are worried about what your response is going to be. Mm. And this thing that I learned in a, um, not that I've used this recently, but this thing I learned in like a personal development workshop I did was um, we had to go away and do these feedback interviews with our, say, three closest friends or family. Mm. Um and we had to set, set the interview up by saying, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, I'd really love for you to answer honestly um, and truthfully. And 
all I will do and can do is to say thank you. Right. Uh, cool. So there is no response back. Yeah. And then the questions were something like, uh, you know, what is, uh, what is one, how am I ineffective in our relationship? Mm. How am I effective in our relationship? You know, what is one thing that um, is holding me back from my own greatness? Sort of questions like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you get mm. really honest answers from people. Yeah. Um, as to how they see it. Superb. Yeah. Were there any other sort of um, unexpected benefits from doing this? Where you look back now and go, that really surprised me. Um, uh, well, I, I started my own podcast in 2020 mm. as a consequence of having so many interesting conversations. Yes. And uh, that has it then made it really easy to get podcast guests yes. to, to start with. Yes. Um, because I was basing it off these fascinating stories that I'd heard from people who I'd had coffee with. Yes. Um, so that's one benefit. Um, another is, you know, I actually made, uh, uh, I actually made about 150 grand on a deal I did with uh, someone I had coffee with. Right. Um, so uh, that was a, a developer, property developer, and um, I I'd actually uh, known of this person um, from years ago when I was doing real estate in Karatha. Yeah. And uh, like we'd emailed, you know, back then a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, so I actually reached out to him to have coffee with and uh, we did and this opportunity had just come up at the time and I, I just talked to him about it and brought them in on it. They helped me execute it and then managed to make some money off it. So it's just tidy. Yeah. Uh, Paid for the party at the end. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That and and all the coffees. But yeah. um, um, so that was an unexpected benefit for sure. Mm. Um, and I think being getting the opportunity to do things like this. Yeah, know, I really value these types of conversations and being able to share my experiences. Um, this is really fun for me. So yeah, th this wouldn't have come, you know, had it not been from the for the hundred coffees. And I think I've been on. You know, maybe two or three podcasts now as a consequence of that. Yeah. Um, beyond the tangible, uh, the other intangible stuff has been um, like I, I have so many more friends now. Yes. You know, I was at a New Year's Day event and um, see two guys I had coffee with who like we're now really good friends yeah. and I'm invited to their birthday party and you know, that's awesome. Like it's, yeah. it, it is enriched my life in an intangible way that I, mm. I could not have thought that that was going to be how it was before, mm. you know? And I, I never really understood the thing of like Perth small. I, I never understood it before because I never yeah. was never connected enough. Yes. And I really understand it now. <laughs> yes. Um, because, you know, most people I know know someone else I know yeah. and, and vice versa. Um, yeah. And through the 100 Coffees journey, I was also able to connect people I'd had coffee with who yes. uh, two people have done, uh, are doing business together, um, which is, is looking really successful. It's lovely when you can do that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so many things. Yeah, it, it really underpinned, I think, the theme of 2020 for me. 
Yeah. Um, and how, how that year went. Yeah. Yeah. Strikes me that at a time when people were getting more and more isolated, you went to the other extreme of yeah. meeting more and more people. Yeah. It's so easy to get stuck in your own echo chamber. Yeah. <laughs> I often wonder, you know, what, um, like we're saying that, what is, what am I going to look back on in, in a year's time and, and at now and maybe listen to this in a year's time and go, fuck, I did not know what I was talking about then. Oh, yeah. You know, like what, what is that right now for me? Yeah. I often wonder that because you can't see it until you see no. it. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's two parts to that, I find. One is, what is it that's about to emerge for me, which will mean that the hindsight... Mm. Well, what is it that's about to emerge for me that will make me look at this and go, oh, God, in, in six to 12 months' time? Mm -hmm. But also, there's the, the retrospective part of, you know, if we went back 10 years... Like you can, I, I can think of something that was so important to me that I now look at it and go, oh, fry. And if I went back eight years, I could get something and six years and four years and two years. So, the, so we know that things that are important to us or, or ways of thinking about the world or sense-making perspective were probably really important at that point, but we know that they were wrong. But if you took an audit right at this moment of everything you know about the world, you wouldn't be able to pick out which is the which is the next one to be proved to be wrong. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So to me, there's almost like two bits. There's, there's going to be stuff that's going to come in and there's stuff that's going to go out. Mm. You don't know what's going to go out. But what I do know is right now, all of them are important mm. <laughs> and all of them are right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not. <laughs> so um, you, you said you started a podcast what is the focus of that now? Is that a continuation or is that a bit more of a focus on things? Um, yeah, when I started it, I was, you know, maybe going to call it 100 Coffees, maybe going to call it something else. Yeah. And uh, I, I just landed on the Alex Waters show. <laughs> um, it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, yeah, it does it. Um, so, you know, I think the intention originally was to just have interesting conversations with interesting people. Mm. Um and as a process of sort of going through that, I got comfortable with starting to talk more and more about uh, things that maybe I'd felt were a bit taboo before, yes. which a big one is, um, is psychedelics. Yep. Uh, it's, it's probably one of my biggest passions. Um, yep. And so the direction of it now is heading more towards uh, that and, you know, its um, place in sort of human evolution and mm. um, expanding our human experience. Mm. Um, and I think the rest of it is is more focused on conversations that um, share interesting aspects of the human experience and, and unlocking mm. human potential. Yes. So for me right now, I'm getting really obsessed about my health and um, how I can stay young and live longer. Uh, that kind of theme and yeah. get the most out of my brain and my energy. Mm. Um, and so I'm sure I'll be sharing stuff on that as well. Superb. Yeah. And and getting experts in because I'm not an expert. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of having yeah. a podcast. You yeah, yeah. Tap in. You stick your straw in someone else's soup and suck it out for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
do you think that on one level a majority of us should do more of getting out and meeting strangers if you take yeah that. yeah absolutely i've said that a couple of times to people who are like oh I want to do 100 coffees, but I can't because it's your thing. And I'm like, it actually wasn't my wasn't thing. My I stole, thing. like, I took it from someone else. So yeah. I think everyone should do something like that. Yeah. And um, even if it's 20 coffees. Yeah, exactly. 20, because that would be, you know, one every fortnight for a year or something like that. There you um, go. Yeah, yeah. So 100 was on average two a week for yeah. a year, which isn't, you know, it's not substantial. Um, I think anything that, uh, I, I think most people don't do enough, including myself, of um, committing to things which consistently put them outside their comfort zone. Yes. Um, and the paradox with that, I think, is because we first need to um, think outside of our comfort zone in order to get outside of it. Yes. So. <laughs> well, you've got to go and find the edges, don't you? That's right. <laughs> so it's, you know, almost got to put your thinking into the unknown yes. a little bit to kind of come up with these things. Mm. Um but even just starting with anything, really. Mm. So for me this year, it's more around uh, challenging my mind and body. You know, I'd like to run a marathon. I've never done anything like that before. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. But yeah, I, th I think the knock-on... Let me, let me start that sentence again. Um, when I was doing this, a lot of people would ask me why. And yeah. were surprised at my why, which was I just want to meet more people and connect yeah. with them. It's like, oh, but it's it's so you can you know do something after that, isn't it? Or are you going to do something with this later? Yeah. They want a bigger, more strategic, focused exactly. answer. Exactly. Yeah. They want you to go. I'm going to do A because then I'll get to B. Exactly. To find what B is. Yeah. And so the you know one of the biggest things I took out of um, the challenge was. I had been my entire life focusing on an outcome mm. or getting a result. And the greatest result came when I let go of that because there was so much intangible that happened. Mm -hmm. I was open to that. And, you know, I think uh, if we can do more things just because. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> yeah. And, and just because it's important to us, like, you know, connecting yeah. with people is important is and was important to me. Um, yeah, I, th I think that is, mm. the, that is the beautiful experience that you can't tangibly yeah. quantify or put words to. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, and that's probably similar to why people ask me, oh, how much money do you make from doing the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but I am a very wealthy man because of it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Are there any other things about the experience you'd like to share? Um, I just had fun. I just had so much fun doing it. Um, and, you know, it was probably the first time in my life that I'd committed to something like that and executed on it hmm. um uh yeah like like that that wasn't making me any money in fact it was costing me money because i was yeah, yeah. spending money on coffee i think you might have bought ours i don't know <laughs> yeah. or, or, or you maybe offered to 
um, you know, it just, uh, it really brought hard home for me that, that nothing means anything without people mm. and without connection. Mm. Um, you know, that I, I can go and start a business and make money from it or I can go and do this thing, but without the connection and the interaction with other people, it, it really, you know, it loses a bit of meaning. Um, mm. Because the things that we're all aspiring to at the end of the day, you know, in terms of things, yeah, without other people, they are meaningless. They are. Like, you know, you can have a big house, but if you're in it by yourself, what's the fucking point? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You can go and you can have as much money as you want, so you can do whatever you want, but if you've got no one to do it with, yeah. Once again, well, you share it with, or you're going to be somewhat lonely. Um, <laughs> and so it just, it really, I think the best, one of the best things about doing something like this is that it was repetition and it, it is, it's helped me recondition and rewire my brain mm. to think differently. And so, you know, now I can start to think about um, things more more easily um, around well less about the outcome or the things that I'm trying to get and more about the journey and the right now and and what's important mm. right now being um, present exactly yeah mm. um, taught me that I was a really shit listener <laughs> um, it, taught, it taught me so many things like that yeah mm. because it, it's uh, you know, it's rare that you sit there and just listen to someone for a, a long period of time. <clears throat> and I would notice myself at times drifting off or thinking about things or they yeah. would say something that would prompt a thought and then I'd, I'd come back five seconds later and um, I realized I just missed a part of what they said. Yeah. Um, it happened once in this conversation already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's human. It is human. But, yeah. you know, it just, I think... Um, the more we notice those things, the more we can kind of improve and just really be present. And mm. um, that whole premise of needing to say something next is to fill the gap. And there's actually nothing wrong with the gap. No. So, mm. yeah. So the last question I always ask my guest is, if you could upload one question into the collective consciousness, so everybody just sat down for five or 10 minutes and pondered it, what would it be? Why am I here? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, and the reason why that question is because uh, I think if you start to question that uh, but that question has different layers and levels to it. So it's why am I here yeah. right now in this house doing this thing? You know, why am I here in my life? And then there's kind of the ex existential Central. part of that, which is why why am I here? And it gets people to contemplate life and death. Um, and I think uh, contemplating death has been a really healthy part of my, my growth and journey. Mm. Um, you know, understanding that um, it could end at any moment, it could end tomorrow, um, and that even if I get everything that I ever desire, it's also still then gonna end. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that question adds a lot of uh, meaning or it adds a certain like sadness to, to life. Um, yeah. But that is also a reality. Yeah. Um, and it also makes has made me far more present and um, hmm. patient and um, gets me to refocus on what's important. Super. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. Uh, it's been very nourishing because I feel like I'm speaking to somebody else who understands the importance of just talking to people for the sake of yeah for the sake of talking to people yeah and then seeing where it goes and as you as you pointed out we become so outcome output what's the target what's the goal mm. focused which is kind of funny because you know more often than not, the goal is to be something different to which I can perceive right now. And so how can I tell you what the goal is going to be? Mm. Which is why I think a lot of coaching falls on its head at the start. But that's another conversation. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's been awesome. So if people want to reach out and find you. Uh, best place is on Instagram. Yeah. Um, at Alexander Waters. Um, yeah, that's it. And obviously the Alex Waters show yeah the Alex Waters all the platforms yes on Spotify um, Apple wherever else yeah thank you very much thank you